Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This episode is brought to you by Lipson. Planning to start a podcast? Look no further than Lipson. Lipson is one of the biggest feature-rich podcast hosting platforms in the world. Lipson is IAB certified, offers many hosting plans, and you can start for as low as $5 a month. Aspiring podcasters who listen to the show radio can get one month free by using the promo code TSR. Use promo code TSR at checkout to get one month free. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Show Radio. This is episode 648. I am your host, Andrew. Hey, guys, and I'm Danny. And this is your source for tech, gaming, and entertainment news. And this week, we saw some things that were really, really surprising to some, but I, I don't think um, it was to a lot of folks who are in the community, especially for Xbox. So Sarah Bond, president of Xbox. We're also going to talk about Xbox partner preview and some other things. Daniela, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened this past week, but yeah, we're going to get to it. I don't know. I felt kind of, eh. That was all right. Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. I mean, Alan Wake was a big thing, right? So Alan Wake 2, uh, 13 years since the first one and uh, a lot of accolades, a lot of great reviews for Alan Wake. I don't necessarily play that genre. You know, I'll watch it for a few. Uh, but outside of that, it's not a genre that I usually tap into, but it does look amazing based on what everyone is saying online. I mean, it it looks good. Yeah, I haven't played the uh, first Alan Wake. Um, the everything they showed, it looked amazing. It looks like a lot of fun. It just I can't play it. You know, just it's because of the flashing. Maybe this one's different, but I know I couldn't play Alan Wake because of that reason. And me, I love horror. It's coming close to uh, the close of October. So, I mean, that that's really cool. But I, I don't know if I can play it. So I was wondering, I know we, we talked about this in the past. Is there anything that you could wear um, by way of like, you know, eyeglasses that would allow you to play certain games like that? If there's one for those reasons, um, I would get them. But no. Okay. I was always curious. I always wanted to ask you that. Yeah. I wish. I mean, there's there's certain glasses for it, but like I didn't, I haven't gotten them. I mean, there's like, I, well, I don't know if it's specifically for that. I know for light sensitivity, but I don't think that's the same thing. Okay. Um... I'm not aware of. Somebody wants to tell me I will go and give them a try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be cool. Like if they allow you to whatever happens when you're watching the screen because of the flashing, if there's a way or, you know, glasses that, you know, that's made for, you know, to allow you to play those games. I think that would be really, really dope. You know, I'm not aware of any technology like that, but with everything that we have by way of technology, I wouldn't be surprised if something exists where you can where it allows you to play those titles. It would be nice, but um, I don't think there's anything for first persons either. I mean, Alan Wake is third, but it's just kind of like, like Dead Space. I can't play that because of the flashing lights and like how it kind of weirdly tunnels and only shows lights in a certain, um, you know, a certain spot, which gives that little tunnel vision there that just, I don't know. I I really don't know that. I just <laughs> no worries. with me. It really just messes with me, and it really bugs me out because there's a lot of great games I miss out on, whether it be because of that reason or because it's in first person, and I can't just like my mind, my hands, my body just cannot coordinate with that. Mm. No, I definitely understand that. Uh, so, so Sarah Bond, were you surprised by that news? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think I 
All right, so before we get into it, I, I just want to... I don't know if I can say if I have a surprise for it, because there's so many things that are changing, at least around Xbox. I mean, they just closed that deal not too long ago. Right. And we don't know what to expect. So it's kind of like, yes and no. Like, I'm expecting a lot of changes behind the scene that we're not fully aware of, and we don't know how it directly affects us. But... I. I yeah, I think that's got to be my answer. Yes and no. Okay, well, uh, fair enough. Like one of the things I wanted to, the by way of context, I wanted to read this particular section of the memo that was sent out. So it, over here it says, with our innovative devices, products, services, and our global community, Xbox is the primary way we connect games and their creators with players around the world. These experiences are as foundational as the games themselves whether they are our first-party games or third-party games, to manage the platform of today and build the platform of tomorrow, we are bringing together the teams that will make this possible. Sarah Bond will lead this team as president of Xbox, bringing together devices, player and creator experiences, platform engineering, strategy, business planning, data and analytics, and business development. Okay. So I got conspiracy theories. But before I go, go ahead. What's your take on that? I mean, that sounds like a typical corporate response to what's happening. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think uh, the reason I say I have some conspiracy theories and maybe some. Um, what do you call those things? You know, predictions like they usually do when certain games are about to come out or a series is about to, you know, jump off or whatever. And I think that I might as well just connect the last section of the things that we're going to talk about to this, because it, there was just, you know, timing is everything, right? I know that some things seems like they're coincidental. I think that people know a lot of things behind the scenes before you know, we get it to the public, you know, that's just with everything. Right. So when we saw David Jaffe mention um, what he mentioned prior to Connie Booth leaving Sony, OK, based on some of the things that it says, you know, she's been around Sony since 1989. Right. Uh, a lot of the iconic games that we know of today, she had a hand in it in some way, shape or form. Right. A lot of titles. Right. So my thing is. And, you know, I guess, you know, I'll just do a lead into this. Connie Booth leaves. And I don't know if it was the next day or like two days later. Sarah Bond gets promoted to Xbox um, as the president. Right. And then the, the part that really catches me here is when I'm reading the last section of what she will lead. Right. You know, it talks about creator experiences, platform engineering, strategy, business planning data and analytics and business development. So if she's going to biz dev, right? Then I don't know if it was a coincidence on the same week that we saw this happen, right? It's almost like I'm saying, I'm not saying this is true or this is, I mean, this, we're just talking, right? It's almost like Connie knew that this was going to happen, leaves. It happens 24 to 48 hours later. And what if she shows up on Xbox side December 1st or January 1st? Would anybody be surprised? So that's my conversation around it, but go ahead. All right. I Okay, I don't know if I can get all on board on top of that one. I think that would really be a surprise if she goes over to, to Xbox or Microsoft. Okay, I'm going to add one more thing. I'm not, I'm not big on the whole conspiracy. That's fine. I'm going to add one more thing. Okay. Okay. Do you remember where Jeff Rubenstein or Rubenstein? I'm not sure. Okay. So uh, forgive me. Do you remember where he was before he went to Xbox? Uh, No. I believe he was with Sony. But anyway, well, go ahead. Now I got to look. (laughs) Go ahead. I believe he was with Sony. He left Sony and then he joined Major Nelson. Major Nelson is no longer with Xbox. I don't know if he's still doing things with Xbox, but 
I believe Jeff was with Sony before he joined Major Nelson. So. Did he go over? Yeah, okay. Microsoft, he was right. He was with Sony, but was the social media manager. Right. I'm not saying that these things are directly connected. I just think that is very interesting, you know, and I could be like completely wrong and off on this, but I think it's interesting that. David Jaffe makes a video that was behind a paywall from what I understand. And then that video ended up being public later. I think Hey, don't quote me on that about Connie Booth leaving. And according to the video, it would be a great loss for Sony. Now, where is she going to go? She's either going to do something independent. She's either going to go to green or red, red being Nintendo, right? And I just find it interesting that 24 to 48 hours, not even 24 to 48 hours after she leaves, we see the promotion for Mad Booty, Sarah Bond, and of course, some other individuals on this doc, right? So we have uh, reporting to Sarah and leading their respective teams will be Ashley McKissick, corporate vice president. Uh, we have uh, Kareem Shudri, I'm butchering these names, Rowan Sonis, Lori Wright, Kevin Gamel, and um, we also have some other names on here. Um, ZeniMax will continue to operate as a limited integration entity led by Jamie Letter, right? So we have some other names on here. So congrats on all the promotions, of course, but you know, just a little conspiracy conspiracy theory. I just wanted to add that in there. And maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it could be completely off, but we'll see. We'll, we'll go with your prediction. Not me. It'll be on a future episode. Turns out to be true. I'll say you're right. We'll see. I'm, just, I'm looking I'm looking at this. Like, I feel like companies like this after a while. Do they not have like a non-compete clause in there? Where you can't work for another company for like a, a year or something. A competitor. I don't know. We'll, know, we'll see. I'm watching way too many suits. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at Jeff Rubenstein's like work history here. He worked for Sony until 2012, mm -hmm. and he went to Tapjoy, and then he didn't go to Xbox to 2013. Mm -hmm. Okay, so fair enough. Okay, so if she takes a year off, then we're looking at 2025, right? January 1st, 2025. Or if her if she didn't have a clause that, you know, locked her in for however long not to join, you know, a competitor or whatever, she may join by the top of the year. And I mean, we're already getting ready to do what people are already getting to do cosplay in the next two days, give or take. And then sooner or later, depending on where you are, you're going to be cutting a turkey or eating a big meal at the end of November. And then right after that, you're going to be exchanging gifts if that's your thing, right? So we're already there. This we're we're in that season already. So January first, or by spring, right? Depending on when the fiscal year is too, right? So sometimes they do uh, promotions either close or at the fiscal uh, fiscal year when it starts. So whenever Microsoft's fiscal, if she ends up going there, we'll see. And what would she be doing? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> okay. She will be working alongside of Sarah Bond and developing the next set of games or maybe direction or, or projects, leading the projects. Because her, I remember, I'm trying to remember where I saw her, um... I'm trying to remember where it was listed about all the different things that she did um, under. Uh, I'm trying to remember, but her 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 list of what she was a part of was extremely extensive, like all the games that she was a part of. 
uh, I would say that you would be working, you know, alongside the game stuff. Overseeing, you know, certain things to make sure that they come out, you know, correctly, whether that's, you know, project management type of roles, you know, overseeing, you know, certain direction of games to make sure that they come out the way they're supposed to come out or how we love those games. Right. In terms of like your your halos and, you know, titles like that, Mm -hmm. that they stay pure and to the core of what we've known them to be. Right she could easily oversee things like that to make sure that they stay, you know, as good as we want them to be. Cause Halo took a downturn and Halo's coming back because of the current season. Apparently there's a lot of good stuff that has taken place in the current season and whatever lesson they learned in the last couple of years, ever since Halo infinite came out or a year, a year or two, give or take, however long it's been right. Seeing pro overseeing projects like that, is not going to be very difficult for her. So I'm, I'm seeing like roles and, you know, along those things, but there was a list that David Jaffe had posted uh, where all her, you know, all the stuff that she worked on and I'm, I can't find it right now. I wish, I wish I had it locked in, but I do not. Was it Moby games? Hold on. I'm trying to figure out like if, Hopefully this link gives me. Okay. So mobygames.com slash person slash 41950 slash Connie dash booth. Okay. If you go there, right. Um, what do you have? Uh, credited for 121 games, according to this list, right? Days yeah. Gone, Vice President of Product Development, Marvel Spider-Man 2018, Vice President, Product Development. Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, Vice President, Product Development. A lot of Vice President, Product Development on this list. Uncharted, The Nathan Drake Collection, Vice President, Product Development. So easily can jump into a role very similar to to these things here and be fine. Days Gone, Spider-Man, Uncharted, Crash Bandicoot, uh, uh, Crash Bandicoot. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Ratchet and Clank, okay, Hell Divers, Death Stranding, Scan Models. It says here, Last of Us Part Two, Vice President, Product Development, Ghost of Tsushima, Heroes. I don't know what that means, but that's what it says there. So a lot of different titles, a lot of titles that she's been a part of, and she's been with Sony since, according to this, it says she started in 1995 as a product producer. Uh, working with Naughty Dog to launch Crash Bandicoot, but had already been with Sony Corporation of America since 1989. OK. Now, anybody that offers her, you know, some figures. Is going to do extremely well based on her background and what she's worked on. So so that's my theory. That's my, you know, um conspiracy theory yeah i'm gonna have to sit back on this one i'm not even sure i'm not i'm not a hundred percent sold on that like in my head i'm really feeling like there's got to be some kind of clause that you can't read like work for a competitor unless you found some loophole or something like that and i highly doubt i i, I can't see a woman with that much accolades being fired Mm. i can't well i'm not saying fired well i know that's just that's just me i'm like i can't see that so it's either she she chose to leave either because she saw it's time the same week that sarah gets promoted the same week that all the promotions take take place i think that's just a serendipitous like coincidence Daniela. I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm just not really huge on conspiracy theories. <laughs> the same week, not even 48 hours later. I don't even think it was 48 hours later. It wasn't even 72 hours later, I don't think. The same week. I mean, I mean, when would you do it though? You wouldn't do it like at the heart of the holiday season, depending on where she is, right? 
if she is in the States, I don't know where she is, right? If she's in the States, everybody's kind of like coasting into vacation right now. All the game, all the major stuff has already come out. The next thing that we're waiting for really is what? The Game Awards? Yeah. Black Friday? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> not for me. The Game Awards? Yeah. That's it. I mean, we're shutting down at this point. I mean, when, when were you going to do? And, and look when they did the, the promotions too, right? Right before the holiday season. So again, I can be crazy. Call me crazy. That's fine. But that's what I think about it. Um, and, and yeah. Any other thoughts or are we good? No, I think I think we're good. I'm just very I'm very curious how this plays out now. Now I'm gonna pay attention to it extra, extra hard to see in the next coming weeks, months, where she goes. Yeah. I think the most the most far left, like out of the blue thing that could possibly happen is she goes work for X and helps them with their product development on something. I have no clue. And that would be great too, right? If she does that, that would be great too. The thing is, I know it matters where she goes, but it really doesn't matter where she goes, right? If she if she stays in gaming, I think that's great for all of us who game and enjoy because, you know, she's tremendously, you know, talented. She knows, you know, um, her work. She's highly respected in this space, right? All that stuff, right? So if she did go to X, that'd be interesting, uh, which we'll talk uh, about in a few um, if she went to Nintendo, that would be interesting too, right? But we'll see. It would be. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. Um, so let's talk Xbox Partner Preview. Okay, I did check that out. I was really impressed on the presentation. So those are my quick thoughts there. What what did you think about the Xbox Partner Preview? That's it. I mean, there were there were some there were some games in there. I'm like, okay, that's cool, but nothing that I was all like, oh, hell yeah, I want to play that. I mean, to me, it was kind of did I say it a sleeper? I I wasn't impressed by anything on it. I mean, I'm, I, I personally think I'm like, okay, I'm kind of glad that you're done. I think the only thing I, I think I actually really liked was like a dragon, infinite wealth. Okay, fair enough. Like their games, I, I love what they do with their games, like every installment. But um, I, I think that was it. Like I, I, I don't know. Metal Gear was okay. That's cool. I mean, I know that they really dope. Huge, um, like you know, collection, everything like that. It's working weird on Steam Deck, but they're working that out. Um, like, I guess there's only maybe like three games that that I thought was cool. Like Alan Wake Two, we mentioned that one, but I don't know if I really dope. And then. Like you said, like a dragon, but everything else was kind of yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I definitely appreciated what I saw with Alan Wake and uh, presentation. You know, all games. You know, not a lot of conversations in between. I think that that is the the thing that I look forward to now when it comes to these presentations. Like even something that I'm watching right now. Where these cutscenes for these games, and I know we've talked about this in the past, like these cutscenes for these games are really, really incredible. So I'm actually watching the Spider-Man 2 cutscene movie, if you want to call it that, because they put all the cutscenes together on YouTube and you can watch it like a movie. That thing is four hours plus. Okay. Incredible. It is incredible. Uh, and it flows enough to feel like you're watching, you know, a movie. And I really, really appreciate that. 
you know, they kind of leave some of the fight scenes in there, you know, for the transitions. But I mean, without any spoilers and a lot of folks are playing it now anyway. So it is what it is. But it's just so good. It's just so good watching that and really enjoying, even though I can't play the title until, you know, a year from now here, a year plus from now, once it comes to PC, I did pick up both Spider-Mans though on PC. So um, on Steam specifically, I didn't want it anywhere else. I wanted it on Steam. So they did do a sale on Steam. I think that sale runs, um, I think till early November, like the second or the fourth or something like that. So definitely check it out. If you do not have Spider-Man um, or Spider-Man Miles Morales, um, you could definitely get a good deal on Steam. Okay, before that runs out. So, I mean, I enjoyed the the preview. I think it was um, another dope thing that we can enjoy as we're, you know, closing out the year, you know, really, really soon. Any other thoughts on that? I mean, it was quick and to the point. I mean, they just showed games, they showed gameplay, showed um, some really nice, more in-depth stuff. And then the interviews were pretty good after it. I watched some of those. I just think with the games that they did announce, I wasn't, for me, for me as a fan, um, I didn't really gravitate towards those. Like I said, like, I think the only one is like, okay, I really want that one. Which I believe it comes out January, gen- ending of January, which is like a dragon infinite wealth i'm like that one i like of course it, it is i mean it's got its little take care of an island thing here and you know it's fun and silly uh but everything else i know i get a lot of hate for this i was just kind of like yeah no it's all good it's all good so so we'll move on okay so so next thing i want to talk about is i didn't you know so when when the G1 first came out, which is the first commercially released Android device, right? Um, I really enjoyed that phone. Okay. And then we have all these other Androids that came to the market. And then Google started doing the Pixel line and started really, you know, appreciating everything that I was seeing from the tech of that. And finally, I decided to make the move, right? Um, this is my first pixel. I picked up the pixel eight pro and I really, really enjoy uh, the phone. Now it's not the most powerful phone on the market in terms of like hardware specs. Right. So I'm coming and I think that because I'm coming from a phone that had 512 gigs of, of storage and like 16 to 18 gigs of Ram you know, to a phone that has uh, 12 gigs of RAM and 128 um, gigs of space. You know, so so power wise, it's not the most powerful phone that I've had. Right. But in terms of being in the Google system as a pure experience, that is all Google with uh, Google uh, upgraded, you know, chip, security chip, you know, AI features that they're going to add, you know, in their phone, you know, within the next, you know, couple of months, you know, with Google Bard and search and all those things, right? Having that capability directly on the phone because the chip is powerful enough to handle all those computations in real time. That is really what pushed me to, you know, magic editor, you know, deleting stuff in pictures and all that, you know, sounds being adjusted in the background because it's too much or whatever, you know, so your calls can be clear, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That really made me push to um, finally pick up a pixel. I think this was time. Very nice. I'm glad you got a new phone. I'm, I'm still on the fence. I don't know if I'll ever switch from being a or to being a pixel user. I don't know. When it comes to Android, there's so many options. Yeah, there there are there are. But if you're looking at if you're looking at like a flagship and there's many. Right. But if you're looking at the the one that has, you know, Google's attention to release all the stuff to first. Right. And I think the other thing that was pretty impressive, too, was the seven years of OS updates and other updates. Right. Whether you hold your phone for that long, you know, it depends. Right. But 
I traded in the S9 and the S9 was an older phone and I was able to get $500 for the trade-in value for that, right? And we're talking about the S9. What, um, which provider was that that offered that deal? T-Mobile. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I like it. I like it a lot. And I still feel like there's going to be a transition between, you know, having uh, both phones and why I use certain phones for other things. So, for example, it does not have a headphone jack and even the adapter um, that has the headphone jack. I'm not really like, you know, happy with its performance, you know, I'll be honest with you. And the other thing that is very interesting by way of performance is the fingerprinting, like unlocking it. It's not as fast as the phone that I just came from. Right. So there are little things that are like, mm, it's OK. But what's really cool about, you know, Google and the Google cameras and all that stuff, you know, their software camera is like the best, you know, that's debatable on the market. I think it's really, really good which is why a lot of the other phones are trying to get the Google camera on there, the software on there, because it's really good, you know? So when I took the picture of the Google phone itself, that was a Google camera software on the other phone that took that picture. And I think it came out pretty good. I think it came out pretty good. Just the way that that software works, you know, is really, really good. But the fact that you're using the pure I, you know, I'll say it this way, Google camera on a Google Pixel phone, that's definitely going to be a different experience than a Google camera on any other phone. It's just different. So, so I'm enjoying that, you know, I'm enjoying, you know, learning about the phone and yeah, not the most powerful phone, but I think I'm still going to be carrying around uh, two phones for a while. I kind of deactivate a lot of stuff on the other phone. So I could still connect to Wi-Fi, but I deactivated the NFC, right? Um, since I'm using the NFC primarily on the Google phone itself, uh, the Pixel itself. So a lot of apps I deleted off of the other one since I'm going to main uh, the Pixel phone itself. But um, overall, I'm I'm really happy with the change. Yeah, I think when it comes down to how I do my phone, it has to be just the picture and video. Yeah. Like that's that's like the biggest thing that I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't know if other if people are looking for other things, but I think that's like the biggest selling point for me is the camera, what lenses they use, what technologies behind it. Um, I mean, I I'm probably due for an upgrade or a new phone at some point. I think I've had my phone two and a half years. Three years. Yeah, I had a list, but I didn't want to bore you with reading the entire list of the features. So I got to I got to ask this though because um that's what I I think I love about phones now. Do you feel the content creator and people who go out to events, do interviews, do anything like that? How important is it to upgrade it to like, you know, your Sony's and your Canon's um the vlogging cameras, the flippable um flippable screens? Yeah. When you have like this amazing tool already that fits in your pocket. Right. It, it's not as much unless you just want to do that, right? Like full fledged production. Um, you know, it really depends on what you're trying to do, but I don't think it's as important as it used to be, especially with all the AI assistance that we're going to be getting with a lot of these, you know, phones and makers, whether it's, you know, uh, Google Pixel or any other phone because I'm I can't just randomly name any because I don't know who else is doing you know that much AI and their stuff right but I think really what you need is a way to protect the phone from like falling right I was you know put on a tripod you know find cameras um, microphone systems that are wireless that works with it you know no issues um, if it does have a three point five jack you know get an adapter for that so you can use like maybe like a sm58 or you know any other mics that are um you know strong mics on the road whether they fall or you run over them and stuff like that so um i don't know if it's if that if it's that big of a deal as it used to be i think that when you're doing in-house stuff you know a lot of folks want to use their cameras that are you know that 
stationary, right? Like you said, the DSLRs and stuff like that. I don't even use my DSLR that much. And um, I need to find a way to incorporate it into the other stuff that I do uh, because it is a great, it is a great camera, right? But on the road, do you need all of that equipment? It's almost like if you have somebody with you that's going to carry and be a videographer, that's one thing versus, you know, you carrying, you know, all those things and having to set them up and then break them down. Right. So do you have a team for that or not? Right. But with um, the S23s and, a you know, Pixel 8, Pixel 8 Pros or um, whatever, your your Red Magic 8 or whatever, these phones are so powerful. Your your iPhone 15s, uh, I, I think that's the number they're on. All right. Like this, there's so much you can do. You know, people are doing movies with these phones, right? Because they're that capable. So I don't know. I think it's a preference thing. I think it's a preference thing depending on on the need. But the thing in uh, the phone in your pocket now can do so much. Yeah, I got to agree with that. I'm actually, actually from the upgrade from my last galaxy because i have the galaxy 21 ultra right now which i still really love um and it still is amazing to me um i think the the biggest thing that i really just didn't like letting go of um was the audio jack yeah because when we were going out to events i mean we had our whole setup um but it required um the audio jack which there are adapters to it i just i never really took the step to go and get it but now i am kind of experimenting with a couple of these wireless lavalier mics that just attach to your USB-C. um there's one i i found that i i actually kind of like and the audio is is pretty clear and you can use it on your phone you can it works natively with the camera app that you have if not then you have to use open camera but i, I, I haven't had a problem it has a uh, noise canceling built into it that it's a really nice feature so when you come down to it to just simplify everything i i like that option i mean i, I get why people like you said if people want to go into this full production mode of everything but I think I've turned into like I like content that has this this raw feeling to it where it's not a huge production. I mean, it looks really great still. Right. You know, they're just using, you know, what they already have in their arsenal. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned that because a lot of the um, the stuff that YouTube is going towards is going back to that, you know, um, first year, second year type of feel, right? where it doesn't have to be full production type of value. Um, as long as you're offering something that people can resonate with, you know, that's going to be the next era people are saying, right. That's going to be the next era of YouTube. It's not going to be so much, you know, everything has to be perfect because people are getting 10 K 30 K 50 K extremely easy. And they don't have like, you know, the best thumbnails. They don't have the best video quality. They're just offering something that resonates with their audience and they're just, you know, skyrocketing, you know, and growth. So um, so it feels like even though YouTube is going to be incorporating a lot of AI stuff themselves to make it easier for not only them, but the creator, it is going back to that, you know, feel that you were just um, mentioning. Yeah, it, it is. And I got nothing wrong with that. At the same time, we have nothing wrong with people who want to do that full production having your DSLRs or your your really nice camcorder. No, I have no issue with that. It was really nice. It's just that, that entry level there, I think that entry to being able to get into it is that gap is getting smaller. It's less overwhelming because these amazing phones are coming out regardless if you're using, you know, iPhones or whichever flavor of Android that you have. I think that that gap is definitely closing to let make it feel less intimidating. Yeah, no, I have I have no issue, you know, with that. I think, you know, we enjoy, you know, that that type of video, but we also enjoy when someone holds their phone and, you know, do the, you know, let me walk with you kind of thing, uh, you know, so 
I enjoy it all as long as it's going to provide me, you know, the value that I'm looking for. And that value could be simply, you know, comic relief, you know, entertainment. It could be education. It could be a mix of all that. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think I think we're we're in a good place when it comes to that stuff. So it's interesting you say that, though, um, you know, with all, you know, how we're going back to, you know, the authentic, you know, not so produced type of content, you know, um, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that. And, you know, what creator is just going to use their phone only. Right. <laughs> and then, you know, go from there. But I just wanted to bring it back to the phone real quick because I was thinking about what you're saying about the 3.5 millimeter jack. I don't think I'm going to get rid of this, of the phone that I have, the red magic, because it has the 3.5 millimeter jack, because I still have use for that. Right. Cause I still have the adapters with all the, the other things. I still need that. And yeah, I don't think I'm going to get rid of that phone. And that phone is just like, it's a beast, you know, in terms of specs. So, you know, I still have use for it. So, so there's that. Uh, last but not least, I guess we can tie it uh, with uh, some Twitter things. You know, I've been, you know, messing around with Twitter a lot, you know, by way of, you know, trying to get impressions, you know, working towards the monetization program, you know, doing Twitter spaces um, on there, um, you know, the show radio edition, Twitter spaces. That has been fun um, just to understand how that platform works and what's happening there. Uh, but even with the recent announcement of X and Twitter rolling out audio and video calls, I thought that was interesting, too. Right. Because a lot of the other platforms have it. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I don't want nobody calling me on Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, I get I get where he's going with it because he's he said it in several different statements and that was his goal is to make X like the go to everything app. I don't know what it which it, of everything he's he wants it to be, but I don't I don't know. I don't I don't want I don't want phone calls. I don't want video phone calls from phone numberless people i mean it, it does say that it was, okay there's nowhere nowhere that i found that says you have to be a premium user that hasn't been like you know official or not if you have to be a premium user um and i do know that it says like it's coming from people in already in your phone book your um your followings verified like there's something in there that's like you're only gonna get supposed phone calls or from people that you regularly, I guess, trust to associate with. Um, still doesn't mean I want phone calls from them. <laughs> All right. So Dude, then we're, we're, we're in this age right now, which is, it's so funny. I mean, what most people get anxiety. If you tell them, I'll give you a call. No, text me. Just, just text me. This is true. Uh, even me, like, there's certain circumstances where I'm like, yeah, you could just text me. If it's faster, just call me, then call me. But most of the time, like, just just text me if you really need to. DM me. I don't know. But I don't want to, unless you're either my son or my boyfriend, I don't really talk to anybody on my phone. Hmm. So it's definitely a feature that I think is like, I get where you're going. I know what you want to do. I know what you want to make X for. I'm not going to use it. And I'm probably not going to use it if I'm not a premium user or if you need premium. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't know to do that. Yeah, I, I think. Use, Go ahead. I haven't used the video chat feature in, in Instagram. Yeah, I barely use that. I think it's going to be interesting, though. I think that, you know, for networking purposes, I can see that I may use it at some point. But I really want to know. Well, I mean, I have I'm using VPN on my phone anyway, so 
I think I should be okay. But I definitely want to try it out. I definitely want to try it out and, you know, start connecting because I really want to uh, have uh, Twitter be a place where I spend a lot of time, especially connecting with different companies and, you know, all the things that we we do uh, when it comes to like, you know, media and publishing stuff. So and so I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what that's going to look like once that feature is enabled on on my phone. So which is why I haven't really said you know anything about it, because I'm still waiting for that feature to, to pull up on my phone. But I think I mean, I'm excited about it, though. You know, I'm, I'm very optimistic with what's happening with this platform, whether you're going to use it for, you know, networking or citizen, you know, journalism or, you know, make that your main production hub for audio, video, live streaming and all the stuff that you could do on it. I think it's going to be dope. I think it's going to be dope. So I'm, I'm very optimistic right now. Well, I think what I would like to see that evolve into at least the video portion of it is into spaces. Okay. I think that would be cool. Like that, that would be a really great power move right there is I, I really don't care for the, the phone call feature, but to incorporate that video feature into spaces because that's already audio you have all the conversations going i think it'll just be really cool to have that optional you know feature in there to have a video up there so people can see we watch and have like this zoom thing which i feel is a very likelihood that it will happen yeah i don't i don't think that with everything that we've seen with the adjustment in the last year uh for twitter anything could go with the platform at this point, right? We have people streaming on there. They're streaming games. We have the Twitter spaces rooms. We have short form content, long form. We have threads. We, I mean, what don't we have on here? You know what I mean? DoorDash. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't have that on there. But yeah, I think you like it possible i mean you want everybody to stay in here well you know what for all those restaurants yeah i'm definitely hopeful i'm definitely yeah well i shouldn't shall I say hopeful i'm very optimistic about the changes but there's stuff that i'm looking to get from it right now that i'm still building and um that's it's only in a, a matter of time so i'm looking forward to it so definitely follow miss djm you know, at Miss DJM on Twitter. And you can find me at Uri, U-R-I-Y-Y-A. Um, any closing thoughts and we can get out of here? Kind of. I want to go back to one thing and it's about the Xbox preview thing and the entire reason why I'm thinking back on it because we started mentioning AI. So it was recently also found out that the game, the finals, isn't using any voice actors. It's using strictly all AI. For their voice acting. Mm. Okay. I don't think that's like one feature of AI I don't like. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to negatively impact whether a gamer will play or not play a game? I don't think so. I don't think so. But at the same time, that's just taking away jobs and I'm against that. <laughs> And I think it's just kind of a crude way of being able to, to like cut corners and cause or production. Um, that I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really down for. And I actually watched a video clip without the, without the game audio, it was just all the voices. I think, I think if you had all of the elements in there and I wouldn't have noticed, I wouldn't have, have really paid much attention. Because they have a whole like showcasting that goes along with the finals in this game, um, but to take that away, it kind of sounds weird. It's not just because the the rest of the game background music and all that stuff is missing. It's just the way that AI is just not really there to give this fully realistic thing. Like even the breathing seemed a little bit weird and off the way that it was doing it. Um, yeah, how long is the playtest for? Because I have it downloaded. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember how long the test is for. I know it's go currently going on. I just don't know for how long. 
but I I am very much against about just replacing voice actors with AI. Um, I don't know if it's as important into games like the finals, but when you start doing it in story-heavy games and where the voice acting really, really makes the game that much more special, I, I'm going to have a problem. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of changes happening, right? So I, I was against, you know, not getting, well, how, how am I trying to say this? The cashiers at the grocery stores getting replaced with, uh, you know, machine checkouts, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You know, there's always going to be, I, I guess my thing is there's always going to be, reasons that human beings will always be around right oh, that's that's how I feel about it but but go ahead yeah I just I, I, I don't like the way that our world is going with certain things of those things but um, I think for once out of all of the AI things that you know comes out and people feel a certain way about it um first it was about you know artists um you know they feel like the work is being taken and it's going to be replaced by ai just can put in these you know text about what you want to see and you know populate this and it's based off of you know artwork that's already found on the internet that you know compiled into this and but now you have it voice actors I think this is the first time since, you know, AI started blowing up that I'm like, okay, I'm not digging this. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. I know it's just one of those things where uh, when, when things get replaced, uh, when machines start replacing us at, at every turn, you know, as I was sharing before, we always find ourselves in the midst of those things you know human beings will always have a purpose and and in my opinion right so and I, I guess that's the final topic we're talking about the finals as the final topic so yeah so yeah <laughs> you want to close this out all right guys thank you for hanging out with us on this another wonderful episode um Andrew, where can they find you? You can find me at Uriah, U-R-I-Y-Y-A on Twitter. And you can find me on all the socials at MJM. And until next time, thanks, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.